0: Hello and welcome to The Rockcast. This is the podcast home for our sermons at the Redemption Outreach Center. I'm Pastor Shane and I am elated that you're here with us today. And I just pray this, that whatever words are said or things that you hear, are truly an inspiration that the Holy Spirit works through the words and the things that you're hearing that it would inspire you to draw closer to God to explore your faith to dig deeper to build stronger foundations so that ultimately you could become more like Christ and you can be the church that God has called all of us to be. I hope you enjoy the message.
1: Without further ado. May I ask, is there anybody saved in the house this morning? Is there anybody sanctified in the house this morning? Is there anybody filled with the Holy Ghost in the house this morning? Because if you are, you've got a reason to shout. You've got a reason to testify. And there ain't no devil in hell that's going to hell can take that away from you. Can I get an amen? All right. That being said, we got some work to do. Turn in your Bibles to uh, Numbers, please. And before you stand for the reading of the Word, I want to go over this this little uh, introduction. God has called His church, the saints of God, to do His work and will all over the face of this earth. Can I get an amen? God has called you individually. There's usually a little bit of a pause when when we say that. We're excited about the church doing the work and will of the Lord. When I say it's you, we get a little quiet. Don't we? All of a sudden it becomes very personal. All of a sudden we're tired. All of a sudden we've got things we have to do. But there is no greater command, there's no greater commission than to do the work and the will of the Lord. There's no greater activity than to do the work and the will of the Lord. There's no greater dinner or lunch or, or family gathering that we would have to participate in that is greater than the work and the will of the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen? We have to make sure we have our priorities in order. See, God has called you individually as a child of his own, a saint in his house. Every believer in this house this morning is a saint called by God to do his work and will all over the face of the earth beginning with and not limited to Dunn, North Carolina. God has called you specifically to be missionally minded to help reach and prepare people to go to heaven and not to hell. Can I get an amen? Amen. We need to make sure that we understand that. We are gathering people to tell them the gospel so that they go to heaven to be with our Lord and not hell. Okay, all right, make sure we understand that. It's both. Amen. God has called you, Redemption Outreach Center, to be the hands and feet in redeeming a lost and dying world. Your process is literally written on the sign out front. (laughs) To be a central location where the redemption message of Christ Jesus is taken by your hands and feet to reach out to the done area. Amen? It's your sign. Amen. All right. So let me ask you, where are you at personally in this process? What works have you walked out by faith, the faith that you have received? What fruit are you seeing in your life as a result of how you have walked out this process this week? This gets challenging. This is what we call accountability. We don't like accountability because it holds us to a standard that we don't have control of. Right? There's a standard that we are held to that is set by Christ himself to do the the work and will of the Father that he started, set an example for us, and has called us to do personally. Amen. All right. So I pray you are seeing fruit in your life. I pray you are not fruit barren. I pray you are fruit laden. But let's investigate this process. We have a great example in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. We're going to start in chapter 14 and then visit chapter 13. let Let's make sure we're all on the same page here. If you'll stand for the reading of the word, Numbers chapter 14, we're going to start with verse 20. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. That'll preach right there if we want to start, but we're not, we're not going to get into that one right now. You can save that one for later, Pastor Shane. <laughs> I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one has treated me with contempt. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But... Because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him in to the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Heavenly Father, I ask, Lord, that you prepare our hearts. Lord, that you would till our hearts just like the soil has been tilled around here for the planting of seed in order that there might be a harvest. God, I ask, Lord, that you would uh, give us ears to hear this morning. Lord, not that we would just hear the audible tones of your word, but, Lord, that we would receive it and listen as words into our souls. God, I ask, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us in a mighty way this morning. God, Lord, that your word would go forth in power and might. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I'm a little passionate this morning. It's been probably a few months now that I've been really passionate. God allows us to get passionate about things when we're doing things that are a little bit out of the norm. (laughs) Might be adrenaline, I don't know. (laughs) But if we look at the waves, we'll start to sink. If we just say, hey, Jesus said go over there, I just go over there and that's what I'm focused on. I'm going over there, over there, over there. All right. See, I went to the Passion Conference this year and it was amazing. And if you are if you are a young adult, 18 to 29, I highly recommend you taking advantage of the opportunity to go to the Passion Conference. It is life-changing. It is life-empowering. And it is something that you'll want to bring other people back to. This year I got to take 10 young adults with me to the Passion Conference. And it was filled with amazing worship and some awesome testimonies that encouraged the soul. But it was also filled with double-edged sword that cut to the heart of issues. It cut to the heart of worship. It cut to the heart of identity. It cut to the heart of holiness and to what exactly you and I are here for this morning. This sermon is going to be rough around the edges if you haven't already noticed. It's not filled with a ton of anecdotes to kind of perk your ears and and give you a little skip in your step. This word is for introspection. It's a heart check. It's a soul inspection and a mind awakening. We are in the second quarter of this new year called 2022. We, like New Year's, have a fresh chapter in the 1st of May. It's going to be May I had to throw that in there just for Zach. (laughs) This is a fresh chapter. It's a new month. Fresh start of the week. But how many of you had this year going into 22, how many of you had a New Year's resolution? Just raise your hand. If you did, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. No? Everybody was scared? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Any new word studies specifically? No, nobody. Okay, my word for this year is sojourner. It's been a an interesting, interesting uh, um, study. Any New Year's checklists or goals? You know, we didn't. We decided not to go with resolution. We just made it a goal. You know, give <laughs> ourselves a way out just in case. No, yeah. nobody. Okay. All right, we got a couple. Thanks, pastors, <laughs> <for> being honest. <laughs> See, all of these things are necessary and good, but make sure that on your list you've included fresh repentance. Make sure that you have included a relentless venture into the heart of God this year. Make sure on your list is to pray like you've never prayed before this year, this month, this week, today. Start somewhere. Make sure... On your list is to worship at a level you've never ascribed to God before. Make sure on your list is is to serve in his kingdom in a commitment level you've not had before. Because all of the resolutions, the word studies, and annual goals are nice and good, this world will surely fade. And all that will remain will be two things. Your spirit and the kingdom of God. So let's reprioritize our whole life under these two things. Your spirit and the kingdom of God. Jesus is coming soon. If you haven't caught wind of that, here's fresh wind this morning. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming to get his bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. He's coming coming soon to come take us home. But I need to ask you this something I need to ask you this morning, will you be counted among them? This past year, this in January, matter of fact, I turned 40 years old. I know. Zach, you'll be there one day. I started a new, de- new decade of life. Some of you have been here. Some of you will be here. You might cringe at the thought of being here. But in 40 years of my life, 30 have been involved in ministry. And I thank God for that. Not all of those 30 years have been perfect, holy or pure. I'm still human and I've had to repent a lot. But the, but the fact of the matter, I was taught from a very young age that this is what matters. This here, the kingdom of God. Not not just church. Don't, let's not be mistaken. Let's not not being here at ten thirty, from ten thirty to twelve, on a Sunday. Not not just singing a couple songs or playing some instruments or putting my tithe and offering in the in the in the, in the giving fishing net. <laughs> not just that, but but the kingdom of God. The fact that we we could be community here this morning. That we can commune with God personally. That that we don't have to. That you don't have to call Pastor Shane. Hey, Pastor Shane, uh, it's midweek. I've had a rough week. Will you uh, talk to God for me this week? No, no, no. You can go to Him personally. Yeah, right. This is an awesome thing, yeah. considering who the Creator is. Right. Considering He breathes mouths. Uh, Breath breathes mouths. <laughs> considering that He breathes stars out of His mouth. Considering the one who, who established all of creation from the most minute quirk of subatomic particles to the grandeur of the universe, you have the ability to talk to God yourself. And then we get to do that as brothers and sisters. A commonality, a community. We, the church, have been empowered and commanded to date the kingdom of God And extend it to everyone around us. So let's take a look at the previous chapter. Numbers chapter 13. And we're going to read a bit here. So hang on for the ride. Starting with verse 1. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, Send men to scout out the land of Canaan I am giving to the Israelites. Send one man who is a leader among them from each of their ancestral tribes. Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran to the Lord's, at the Lord's command. All the men were leaders in Israel. These were their names. Shemua, son of Zakur, from the tribe of Reuben. Shaphat, not Snapchat. Safa, Shaphat, son of Hori from the tribe of Simeon. Caleb, son of Jephunneh from the tribe of Judah. Eagle, son of Joseph, from the tribe of Issachar. Hoshea, son of Nun, from the tribe of Ephraim. Palti, son of Raphu, from the tribe of Benjamin. Gadiel, son of Sodi, from the tribe of Zebulun. Gadi, son of Susi, from the tribe of Manasseh, from the tribe of Joseph. Emiel, son of Gamali, from the tribe of Dan. Sether, son of Michael, from the tribe of Asher. Nabi, son of Voshvashi. Bafsi from the tribe of Naphtali, Gul son of Machi from the, top, the tribe of Gad. These were the names of the men Moses sent to scout out the land, and Moses renamed Hoshea, son of Nun to Joshua. When Moses sent them to scout out the land of Canaan, he told them, go up this way to the Negev, then go up into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak or few or many. Is the land they live in good or bad? Are the cities they live in encampments or fortresses? Is the land fertile or unproductive? Are there trees in it or not? Be courageous. Bring back some fruit from the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up, just as was directed, went up and scouted out the land from the wilderness of Zen as far as Rehob, the entrance of Harnath. Hamath. They went up through the Negev and came to the came to Hebron, where Ahimon, Ahimon, Sheshai, and Talmai, the descendants of Enoch, were living. Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. When they came to Eshkol Valley, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, which was carried on a pole by two men. They also took some pomegranates and figs. That place was called Eshkol Valley because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut there. At the end of 40 days... They returned from scouting out the land. The men went back to Moses, Aaron, and the entire Israelite community in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back a report for them and the whole community, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They reported to Moses, We went into the land where you sent us. Indeed, it is flowing with milk and honey, and here is some of its fruit. However... The people living in the land are strong, and the cities are large and fortified. We also saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites are living in the land of the Negev. The Hethites and Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea along the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people in the presence of Moses and said, Let's go get it now. Let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. But the men who had gone with them responded, Whoa, we can't take, we can't attack the people because they're stronger than we are. So they gave a negative report to the Israelites about the land they had scouted. They said the land we pass through to explore is one that it devours its own inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak came from the Nephilim. To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers. And we must have seemed the same to them. Noted the self-defeated nature of that last statement. To ourselves, we seemed like grasshoppers. And we must have seemed the same to them. Let me ask you this morning. Who told you you were incapable of doing what God called you to do? Who told you you were less than those you were supposed to go meet? Who told you you were not good enough to serve our Lord in a certain manner that he has called you to do. Who told you no when God has already told you yes? God has called redemption outreach center, the rock. To go take the message of the rock out to the people. But yet sometimes we'll cower in fear. Said, no, I can't talk to them. Oh, no, I'm not going to go talk to my neighbor. Last time we talked, we had a, you know, it was uncomfortable. No, I, I can't encourage that, that, that person working at Taco Bell. They got my order wrong. The Lord blessed that person that just cut me off in the road. I mean, think about it. Come on, this is a mentality that we have adopted ourselves. And if we're truly in line with what God is calling us to do, when we see another person, we won't see that they're a problem or an un, uncomfortable uh, interruption in our lives, but somebody that needs to know the love, and Christ, the love of Jesus Christ himself and the message that he has for them, that he loves them, that he died for them, that he wants to spend eternity with them personally. But no, that's uncomfortable. We, we can't do that. We can't go there. God never said, go scat out your neighborhood. Go, go check out who's at Walmart. Go, go, go check out uh, what's going on in this, the latest community event. And, and said, see if you can take it. God sent them out to see what resources they were going to inherit. Every person you come across is someone that God wants to use mightily to do something else for his kingdom. Who are you to say that you can't go talk to them? Who am I to say that I can't go preach this word? This is challenging for me this morning. It was a challenge the first time I, ho- I heard a similar message at Passion. I had to get saved all over again <laughs> at Passion Conference. Because when, when, when Jackie Hill Perry started talking about the holiness of God and the attributes of who God is, and how me, when I start taking a, a measurement of myself and, and and comparing that to who God is, it just doesn't add up. God is holy. Just and pure. The breath of life I have in my lungs is from him and him alone. Who am I to say that it's from me and not him? See, church, this year is the year of inheritance. It's the year of harvest. To reap where you have or have not sown. And all you have to do is go, therefore. You, the church. See, this isn't a Pastor Shane and objective. This isn't Pastor Shane's responsibility. Ephesians 4 specifically tells us who is responsible for this mission. Pastor Shane and Delaney have stepped into a role where they are equipping you, empowering you, and releasing you to go do the work of the rock. Is that challenging? Is that uncomfortable? Yeah, it is. Because we're being held accountable. But the thing is, The only discomfort and interruption you're experiencing is your own. Because the harvest is ready. You just have to go. You literally just have to go. Be kind to people. Tell them Jesus loves them. And invite them to the rock. Or how about you actually present them the gospel yourselves? Do you know the story of Jesus? Talk about it. Are you saved? Have you been sanctified? Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Why is there less exuberance right now? <laughs> because this is why you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. To go, you look at the book of Acts, you see what the, 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 the story that, that played out after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just so they can have a happy, happy, joy, joy time on Sunday morning between 1030 and 12. Come on, it was to go out and they couldn't help it. They had to tell people about Jesus. So let me ask you, are you filled with the Holy Spirit this morning? Because scripture tells us we're commanded, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So go. (laughs) Not right now. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) But this is your missional mandate. To take the gospel with you. To be salt and light for all people. Not be salty. (laughs) But to be salt and light for all people. To be the one bearing the good news of Jesus Christ. That all might be saved, and the multitudes be added to his house daily. Whether it's the rock or not, that doesn't matter. That would be great. (laughs) I mean, let's tell the truth. It would be great to see every, every seat filled. But the whole purpose of our existence is that we are to tell the gospel of Jesus Christ to all people. Don't be the one writing your personal diary of a wimpy Christian. Be the one filling your journal with what fruit was evident in your life today. So when you look at the category of people that brought back the report, there was two main categories. There were the ones who brought back fear, and then there was the ones who brought back the, the the report of the Lord that said we can go do this. It was sixteen point six of the group of people, sixteen point six percent of the group of people that went that came back with a positive word. 83.4% came back with a negative report. Only two of the spies sent to the promised land came back with the report of the Lord. Ten of the twelve came back wide-eyed and frantic. Two of the twelve, their names went on throughout history. Ten of the twelve, their names have been used no more and have been forgotten. And I bet you couldn't even tell me five of the ten right now without looking in your Bible. Everyone knows a Caleb. Everyone knows a Joshua. Joshua. The two that simply believed what God had said, their names became legendary. You have an opportunity for your name to be with that 16.6%. There's a saying that's quite popular nowadays and very true, that the church is a hospital for the broken. But how many, maybe including in here today, how many, ha- how many broken have come into the church And found their hospital bed, received the services required to bring life back into their body. But rather than embracing healing, they've become comfortable. Laying there in the hospital bed, watching TV, snacking on crushed ice and crackers. Make no mistake, we all need that hospital bed at some point in our lives. But how many are now just taking up hospital beds in church when all along Jesus said, by his stripes you are healed? Jesus said, get up, take up your cross and follow him. Jesus said, go therefore, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we have people sitting in warm hospital beds, not making room for others, and certainly not telling others of who the great physician is. Some have been in their hospital bed here at church, for 10 years now. Some for 20 years. Some for 30 years. Potentially 40 or 50 years. I've been impressed. I've never been in a community like this. We've, we've been at Irwin for the last two years. Everywhere I've been, people have only lived there three to four years. Here, it's five or six generations. And it's just mind-blowing to me. Five or six generations of following Christ. And that is an amazing, and awesome thing. But how, how easy we get so comfortable here in America. This is the second quarter of the year. How much fruit did you produce according to kingdom standards in the first quarter? There are many here today that need to start this month off in repentance. Maybe my hand is up. Paul told us that knowing what to do and not doing that, even that is sin. But I'm also here to tell you today that the repentance is just the beginning to see a Holy Spirit outpouring in your life that you have never even known before. It's just the beginning. And God is calling you to step out and receive what He's already promised you. He's already promised you, you just have to go get it. And then you go and bring in the harvest. It's not difficult. We overcomplicate things. I'll tell you with my hand up. We overcomplicate things. This morning in preparation for today, I was impressed in my spirit that there might be someone here today that that would think that this doesn't apply to them. That God was not concerned with your spiritual fruit production, your personal development, spiritually speaking. That you can just run on grace and mercy alone. Yes, there is unlimited and unmerited grace. Yes, his mercies are new and fresh every morning. But we do have a whole book of numbers that he gave us here just to read out. To know that he does tell us that faith without works is dead. He does tell us if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So, what's your excuse? What's my excuse? I had to eat this before I presented it to you this morning. I've had to eat this for a few months now. In the process of, and if we could get uh, our pianist. In the process of moving towards Italy. This, this idea of becoming a missionary and, and leaving my workplace and, and what has been, has been a successful provision for my family and I, putting bread on the table and, and a roof over our heads to say, okay, God, we're going to let it all go and, and go over to this place that we've only seen with our eyes. We don't know what it is to live like there yet, or we don't know what resources will be in our hands when we get there yet. And, and, and just this idea that we're completely uprooting to start life over, to literally transplant from one place to another. In the process, if I focus on the details, it becomes quite overwhelming. All of a sudden, these waves, as as God has called us to step out on faith, to step out onto the water, this, this journey. If if I focus on the waves, bro, I, I start getting a little, a little anxious, a little anxiety. And, My my feet start feeling wet. But if I remember the promise to go to the other side, those things I know have to be done. The the, the details, they have to be done, but they're but they're but they're not that impactful anymore. I, I have a plan you know, you, you don't do this, this sort of thing without planning, right? Some kind of strategy. I've had a strategy. I've had a plan. I've talked with Pastor Shane several times about what we're intending to do. And, and things didn't always line up with that. Step one didn't always line up with step one. Two with two. Three with three. Sometimes it was one, four, two, eight, five, six. And you're like, Lord, my feet are a little cold with this dampness. <laughs> I don't want to. Live. I don't want to focus on the waves and lose sight of who you are and, and what you're what you're trying to do here. And it's the same with you, when when you're when you go when you leave here because right now we're like okay, there's a little bit of courage. I think I could do this, Pastor Shane. I'm probably gonna go talk to my neighbor or when I go here for the Cracker Barrel or wherever else you're gonna go. This morning, I, I, I'm gonna to try to be kind to the waitress or waiter and 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 just try to you know say a prayer for them and maybe even ask for their name. It's not always what's written on their uh, vest, let me tell you that. I know because I've asked. <laughs> but to pray with them, to, to, to meet them at, at where they are, to, so that they, they know that there is a God who cares. Because you're extending Jesus to them at that moment. Just like we we are, and then and then there's the things that are that just don't make sense. You're like, Lord, I, I, this is insurmountable. Uh, three weeks ago, I had a, a car that we you know I've been using to get back into work uh, to and from work for, for a few years now, and and all of a sudden, uh, after a meeting in Holly Springs, it decided it didn't want to work. And I'm like, Lord, I've got to sell this car in just a couple weeks. It, it can't stop working now. So as I drive back to Lillington, thinking I'm okay, I just gotta make it to the, uh, the, our, our mechanic, our, our shop, the one who's very familiar with this car, and, and, and I know that they'll help me out, but along the way, I was like, you may, maybe, because I got a feeling it's the air filter, maybe, just maybe, I can find something at, in Lillington Advanced Auto on the way back. Ask Angie to meet me there. A specific air filter that I hadn't changed Zach's giving me the, the naughty look right now. I hadn't changed because I haven't found it. I've been hunting for it online. It's specific cane and filter. I'll tell you about it later. But, but I haven't been able to find it. It's almost like it's discontinued from the manufacturer. I, I couldn't have not been fi- finding it for, for months now. So I go into Lillington Auto, Advanced Auto, and, and we're, we're going back and forth as, as, as us guys do. Look at the car. Yep, there it is. Problem. a problem. We go back in, see if we could do something and come back out. Yep, that's not going to work. There it is. That's a problem. And having gone through all the shelves and not knowing the air filter is there, I walk back in the store. DJ, the guy that's working there, he walks with me and he says, where'd this box come from? There was a box that wasn't there. The third time I went to look, there was a box there. And wouldn't you know, it was the exact air filter that I needed for my car, the exact model number that wasn't there before. And church, <laughs> literally a miracle, my car's running now. <laughs> but if he's concerned, with a simple thing like an air filter. He knew what I needed. He knew the moment. He knew it was going to happen. But when DJ picks up this old dusty box says this thing looks like it's been here for a while. God reserved it. Tucked it away in the spiritual until I needed it in the physical. Whatever you're facing, when you leave here to go do the work and will of the Lord, it could be simply resources, physical, tangible resources. It could be the spiritual need that you have. But if he can provide me a random air filter in Lillington Advanced Auto, he can meet you where you are with your need. It may not sound like a very big deal. In the moment, when I'm looking at the waves, it's a really big deal. I wanted some floaties at that moment. Air filter's not impactful enough for you. I'll rewind another week. I was at my brother's church, Reclamation Church. They have two services on Sunday morning. In between services, there was a young man who went up to pastor no hoopla, no fanfare, no, no precious worship music, nothing going on, just simple prayer. Pastor, will you pray with me? My back's been hurting for a long time. I've been, I'm on pain meds and my, my prescription just ran out. I'm, I'm, I'm just in a lot of pain. Will you pray for me? They began to pray. The young man, 21, 22 years old, as they were praying, I heard a shout. Not knowing, I was talking with someone else. Not knowing, It was just pastor and the young man. The young man, as they were praying, looked down and literally saw his leg grow out. He's had one leg shorter than the other his whole life. Immediately, the pain was gone. This is the God we serve. It doesn't matter how how big you think your need is or how minuscule you'll think your need is. God is a provider. He is a healer. He, he is the justifier. He's the sanctifier. He's the infiller of the Holy Ghost and he has called you by name called you by name to be part of the 16.6% of the world's population that says I know of a God who saves and has called me and it wants to save you personally if you would just grab hold of it, because you are saved, you are sanctified, because you are filled with the Holy Ghost. And scripture tells us that the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb are the two things that will kick the enemy in the teeth and say, you don't belong here. I am a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm here to proclaim this morning that Jesus is a savior and we're going to heaven soon. If everybody would stand with me this morning.
0: Thanks so much for listening today. I just wanted to put in a quick plug here. Please connect with us. So you can find us on Facebook at the ROC Ministry. Again, just connect with us so that we can stay in touch. And please like, subscribe, share with others if you feel blessed so that we can continue sharing these sermons. God bless.